Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make you move your hips while sipping gin, girl. Make you bounce your tits like it's a jig, girl. Like boom, sip kombucha for your woman. Podcast, how's it? How are we doing? Are we diddling? Hanging. <laughs> My voice is still hoarse from me. Poor actually, thing. I know it's actually only just getting better now, but I kind of am liking the hoarseness. I'm very say. Phoebe Buffay when she lost her voice. <laughs> I've been watching so much Friends recently, Same. but we'll get into that in a minute. I've been watching so much and like the quotes, like I'm quoting it on the daily. It's kind of like that episode of Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one where um, So gals In case you didn't know Two of our shows Upcoming are Almost sold out Which is mental for Which us. is mental So this means that Vicar Street Which is on November 16th Is going to be Huge There's 880 tickets Or something sold already And there's only about A capacity of 950 Or something like mm-hmm. that Now we There's talks of opening up Tickets for standing But if you want Sitting tickets Sitting tickets I want sitting tickets Go now And get them Because They're going to be on And Come November 16th you're going to be sat in your hole looking at the Instagram. The Instagram. Looking at the IGTV or whatever it's called. <laughs> the Facebook app. And you'll be sick. That's because just it's going to be our biggest show. So you know, we've loads of people who've obviously bought tickets but there's what 90 left around that. Yeah. And that was of yesterday so obviously people are buying them like throughout the day. Mm. So Like it's what? It's a, something of September now. The 5th. Get them now. They're going to be gone in a week or two. Or if you're listening to us on a laptop Go on to our website, itgalspodcast.com or onto Ticketmaster and get the tickets now. Especially, don't sit in it. Don't sit in it. And especially if you're going with the group because I, uh, it is allocated seating. So if you want tickets, seats mm-hmm. together, you're going to have to go get your girlies, get them. Like you don't want to be all sitting one separate seat away from each other. I mean, you'd still have fun. But if you want to be going with your girlies, go yeah. now, get your tickets, get it sorted. Have And it's a Saturday night. There's no fucking excuse not to come, guys. No. And if you are wanting to get a group, the group isn't coming together, just buy the tickets yeah. and sort it out later. You're just, you don't want to leave it and be like, see, Siobhan, I told you we shouldn't have got tickets. Yeah. Sort it out, organise it and deal with the funds later. Deal with the funds. And then obviously before that, we have Cork, which we are buzzing for. Mm-hmm. Cork, I think only has like 30 tickets left because the last time we spoke to the venue, there was like 220 gone. The capacity is 250. That was about two weeks ago. So... You can still buy tickets, but if you want to come, those are going to be gone extremely soon. They're on Eventbrite, but you can get both tickets to both of our shows on our website. That's the easiest way, and they will redirect you exactly to the page you need to go. And they're different shows. Two different yes. shows. And the Vicar Street one is going to be a bomb-ass crazy one. And the Cork one is more laid back. It's 11 o'clock at night. Sissy, sissy, ex Sexy time. So, 
What the fudge are we talking about? Well, first, I just want to give a shout out and say thank you to everyone who came to our show and EP. It was so crazy. Loads of Cork girlies. Yeah, there were. Loads. They're like, They're like, I'm so excited for Cork. Uh, but thanks to everyone who came to our first live podcast recording. We're going to be doing more of them next year, I think. We yeah. loved it. it Hopefully, so we won't be hanging.com this time. Or lit. <laughs> I remember when I said something like, which is just like burning. burning oh, stop. There's so many of them. Alive. It was like, I was having a tent in my drink. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and everyone was like, Doo! I was like, ah! a tent in my drink. I felt butt ass naked. Oh man. Who was I saying to? I think I was saying to Devin. I was like, at one point, I was so hungover. I was reading out one of the questions and I think I forgot to breathe and I thought I was going to faint. Like, I and I had kind of like an outer body, like kind of looking at myself from above the tent. How am I doing this? I was just like, I couldn't be more hungover right now. But I think everyone was with us right in that moment. I was like, no, I wasn't actually hungover because I was still low-key lit. I woke up at 7 a.m. that morning in a tent. Me and my sister had a tiny ass tent and one sleeping bag. It was fucking freezing. I was so cold in my tent. Too cold to put on my cozy gear that I had in my bag. (laughs) Slept in my Doc Martens. And um, Doc Martens. Handy though if you need to get up and pee. You need the Doc Martens. Yeah, but too cold to pee. I was like, this may as well just freeze inside my body and (laughs) dissolve out on stage. But um, yeah, so it's like tents are fine and all that. But like my back felt like broken. It's like, just, and then you wake up so early, so warm. Mm. I remember that when I stayed in James's tent last year at um, Body and Soul. Mm. Like it was so cold at night. And then in the morning it's like, <gasps> like the hottest hot. Yeah, so. it's gross. Like someone I heard from another tent was like, oh my God, it was raining last night. And the person goes, no, that's just the condensation. I was like, Ew. I want to vomit. But instead, I'm just going to have a can. So I just woke up and have a can, which that is amazing. I did love the whole buzz of the tent life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're all in it together. Yeah, definitely. Loads of fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just like, wow. So getting ready. Do you hear that motherfucking phone? This is what girlies, the kids, the kids what are back. Kid- dumb hoe bag at 10.24 is bringing up a freaking takeaway. Like I love the way You know the way people say What is it Drink every time Jenny says Pandora's box It should also be Like you know that thing That meme that's like The it gal's bingo It's like You should be drink Every time the Coba phone calls Because not only Are we giving them A fucking shout out Every episode But girlies get used to The kids are back in school We're back recording In the mornings Yeah So Coba phone people apparently Want freaking pad thai At half ten in the morning Check yourself Whoever's ringing the phone So let's get started On this week's Epi Wep uh, We're going to be talking About some favourites Of the month At the start And then we're going to be Going into some more Controversial topics At the end We're going to be talking yeah. About greenwashing And people jumping On the sustainable bandwagon on sustainability mm. And the whole conversation About that Because clearly We are exhausted By the conversation already Yes So anyway That's later on in the episode So favourites I love watching YouTube's YouTubers where they have like their favorites of the month mm. and like it can be from like this is my favorite candle this is my new favorite journal and yeah like, Ooh, I won't even buy that stuff but I just <laughs> but like that I you're like enjoying to know them that you know it <laughs> I like that you're enjoying your little bits <laughs> your you know? bits um actually one thing that just jumped into my head there um I tried to write some down earlier on I couldn't think of any now I'm like oh so many but one thing that I did want to talk about was I'm loving Carla and Jen's podcast oh yeah Totally. Loving their pod. Uh, it's the Unpopular Opinion podcast. Because Lindsay and I don't listen to really... Like, I used to listen to podcasts all the time. We were talking to Dylan about this. He booked us for EP. I don't listen to any anymore because it's like... 
I'm recording podcasts like two a week so it's like then what I listen to them I'm recording I'm yeah. listening I'm consuming and I I know some people are like are like oh listening to them will make you better and blah blah but I, I also found it really hard to find a fucking podcast I enjoyed that same was, like, I tried to listen to them because obviously I wanted to kind of get better yeah and stuff like that so I was like maybe by listening to really popular ones but then a lot of them are like the American ones are so highly produced it just took that kind of level of intimacy away yeah, from what yeah, I would yeah. have looked for then when I started listening to Carla and Jen's, I was like, oh, this yeah. is so easy listening. Yeah. But I also, what I love most about their podcast is that I leave having learned something new. Mm-hmm. Like every podcast I've listened, I've gained like three new things that I just wouldn't have known, whether it's like a percentage of something yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. Or a new perspective even. Yeah. Like sometimes like I listen to their shit and I'm like, oh yeah, I never thought about it that way. So well done to the girls and I was talking to Carla last night and she was like dear god the podcast life is hard thinking of something new to record every week and I was like baby 105 episodes in plus x girls tell me about it yeah but like you totally also just get into a groove oh totally and they're talking like I listened to their um last one which was on debt d-e-b-t and such an interesting topic that people just don't talk about mm, yeah I money didn't listen to that and one expenditure and Irish people with money um, and Carla and I were talking about it and we were saying like when you have savings yeah. you feel great yeah. and it's also like having this little secret the same kind of secret can be like when you don't have savings when, when you're going to the yeah. minus and you're going loads out and you're kind of like well, it's always so private and it's always such a, like, rat race keeping up thing of, like, you know, if you're in debt and then your friends are all going out, you're like, yeah, I can go out too. Like, I used to know people in college and all who'd be going into the minus in their account and I yeah. just never got into that habit because it can be also habitual and, like, a cultural thing where it's like, oh, we're in the minus. It's like, well, you shouldn't be doing that, but yeah. we'll leave that debate to them. So if you guys want to listen to a new podcast, Irish Girls podcast, mm-hmm. go listen to the Unpopular Opinion podcast. So that's a... Really good first thing that we're lacking. Yeah. Um, I got I get asked a lot about like music and what music I'm liking, and I tend to go through phases of music where I'm like obsessed yeah. with a person, and I listen to them over and over and over and over until I find someone else. Um, and at the moment, I found this guy. His name's Bakar. He's English from London, and he's just so deadly. He kind of reminds me of like the Libertines, but like with a bit of rap he's like so good that's cool he has like three albums i think on spotify i just find like english english people create like such good musicians such good music comes out from england and ireland too but like english shit for me is just like you know these chefs kiss so him i'm listening to i'm really enjoying him and um then another girl joy crooks who's like yeah you love her. really coming up fast she is i think she did some work for like stella mccartney now like she's gonna be quite big I and think. didn't leon ward do her video yeah leon ward yeah. has done i think all a of her listener. videos huh and it goes listener yes she is a listener so if you're listening and to this irish girl yeah she's irish amazing and her videos joy crooks videos are incredible I think I, that's how I found her just from YouTube oh, I saw really? the still and I was like oh she's bloody gorgeous yeah 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 and then I watched the video and I was like god it's amazing so good um, so she's deadly she's actually working with um, Jafaris who is in another oh, Irish she? musician no way um, yeah they've done some shows together and, uh, <coughs> deadly I think they're making some music together but he is an Irish musician who is sick as well. mm, yeah I haven't really got into him at all he's kind of like I think annoyingly see Irish I find why I don't like resonate with Irish music as much as say like British music is because I feel like in Ireland it's so clicky mm. so like Javaris is like 
so incredibly talented and like you went to his gig over summer didn't you yeah with like, Jack and Sarah wasn't it yeah it was in um, start of summer actually a while ago Button Factory yeah or whatever it's called now Um, but he's amazing but I think he's not as in the click as say some other bands would be yeah yeah so yeah. I feel like other bands if you like get in with a certain kind of group you get asked to do all the gigs and stuff like that and he's just keeping to himself but his mm. craft is so much more honed in than any other like Irish artist that I've seen like if you look at his videos on YouTube they're incredible really and, like transcend above any other Irish music artist that I've seen but I feel like in Ireland we'll just like regurgitate using the same two bastards yeah for like all the festivals and shows and stuff true. like that because they have the contact it's fucking it's annoying because it's like then we're considered that that's <coughs> our talent when it's and not I also find it's like um annoyingly so much of it as well as like who those record companies choose to push if they're signed to a record company you know that way you just see the same people over and over at every single poxy festival and it's like it's mad when you just it's like the power of all that kind of shit is so disheartening sometimes especially in a country like ireland where like you can technically like in the podcasting game or in the influencer game you can be like independent and make it yourself mm-hmm. but like it's probably harder as a musician I'd imagine to not have the backing of like an agent or like a you know someone like Universal or Warner or whatever else because that's a lot of who the people you see pushed constantly 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 are backed by Universal and Warner and stuff and they just choose different people that are like that person's going to be big and I think it starts from our slick in, the, in this country it starts from they don't get that recognition from Universal or Warner without licking a serious lot of ourselves to get that contact first. You're obsessed with the licking ourselves thing. Because I see it all the time. Yeah, but like, that's how you get kind of... Do you not think that's how you kind of get in a lot of places though? I do think there's always a... I mean, well, put it, put it this way. You and I have gotten really far. We don't go around licking ourselves. Yeah, but we're not recognised by the greater a lot of the time. But we're still successful. But we've gotten far from our own Yeah. kind of walk and so is Tafaris yeah 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 but because he's not going around throwing himself into the niche groups in Ireland he's sure. not getting the further context like so more social seeing... climbing kind of thing you mean yeah right 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 the social yeah. climbing and Irish speaking for me is the same kind of thing okay it's okay. just kind of like planting yourself in a certain sector that you know you're gonna benefit from yeah yeah um, but and I do think obviously that happens in loads everywhere else however I think that the talent is always extracted mm. the best talent is always extracted from other countries where in Ireland it's like sometimes not the best talent goes mm. unnoticed because they didn't do their horse licking job that's just what I think um, and Faris is one of those hopefully he gets like seriously big because his show was amazing as well because he like put on this whole kind of act like he outfit changed like three times and like was really performative with his act but check those three people out because they're deadly Joy Crooks Jafaris and what was the other person? Bakar Bakar yeah Um, I went to go see a really cool act actually that my friend Devin uh, introduced me to over at uh, EP called Eve Tumor he's so fucking cool like such a cool performer He uh, his music is kind of like rap but also rock and roll but he's amazing and he like his whole performance he like stood on this table and it was all backlit you couldn't see him whatsoever and he was just like dancing in a silhouette for the whole thing yeah it's also me it was so damn cool and uh it was really packed in there as well there was a load of people there and he was just like flipping around the table like death dropping splatting fucking jumping off and crowd surfing like jumping in the crowd like he was like a rock star it was so damn cool um, would you say that was your favourite performer I literally saw three people who did you see so I saw him Mitski and the Strokes so there was a lot of conversation around EP about the Strokes and kind of like truly I think I 
was rebirthed through that gig. Like that. The gig, gig was amazing, but Julian Casablancas was a bit of a mess, and not in it like. It was like, uh, like I love a good messy queen, and I love like a rock star who's like not giving a fuck. But where for me it fell apart was that like, the band were so not. You could tell they hated him. Do you know that way? Like I love it when like the <clears throat> when bands are like if they're being a mess or they're being a goddamn show and it's like they're all having fun. But it was so like obviously like that they like the band and Julian Casablancas were completely separate. And they were just, it was really awkward to watch. It was like, because like, I remember when they first came on and they were playing, I was like, oh, they've got such good chemistry on stage, like musically, mm-hmm. like I felt like it was like right back into 2008 or seven or whatever. But then when he started talking, it was like, eek, like it was awkward. Like he made that weird joke about his friend, Nick, Nick Valencia. He was like, yeah, you fucked a guy, didn't you? And like, I'm not joking. How many people, like what, 55,000 people are at EPs. So that's what, 20,000 people at the Strokes. It was like, you could have dropped a pin. I felt and everyone was like it was just so uncomfortable like making the joke at his expense or something but they were incredible I got that I do get, I don't, I'm not mad about like making joke at someone else's expense but I do feel like people were not talking about the music because True. of that little fucking whatever Julian Casablanca is being a bit random on stage and being a bit of a you know saying crazy shit but the like, music was incredible like regard, like who cares what fucking Julian Casablanca was, was saying it's just so irrelevant when they literally played every song impeccably like the band played so well his voice was amazing yeah it was like so I don't give a fuck what he's saying or I only hate when you go to a band and they're being messy and it's like affecting their performance and they're not singing or they're just like ate loads of Amy Winehouse's last shows where she was literally turning up and just sitting yeah, yeah, on yeah. a speaker <clears throat> and not refusing to sing like Julian Casablancas came through his oh, voice totally. is so magnificent it's like the perfect gravelly undertone but like such range sounds exactly like the fucking album changes up all the songs like he was there so regardless for me with his like ad-libbing weirdness and that kind of shit it just didn't affect the performance at all it didn't affect it for me it was just like another part of the show that I was like oh okay we're having the it was like watching like you know when you're like in around like a, a couple and you're seeing a couple's fight. That was like what I, I was getting yeah. that kind of feeling of like, ah, okay, you're having a random domestic while we're all just like... I totally felt like the band hated him, but that could have <laughs> just been us perceiving that because... Oh, well, you know, they definitely hated him at that moment anyway. They might hate him in general because they obviously but I mean, were hanging I think, out. Well, we saw him in um, Vicker Street. Oh God, And yeah. he was way messier. Like at the start he oh, came yeah. out and he slumped at the side of the stage and barely sang. And I stuff. mean he literally went off stage in between every song and only came out when his vocals were meant to come yeah. out. That so, was, and that oh, left the guitarist, I don't know his name, but the guitarist of the voice clearly like, what was performing. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. to kind of um, carry the front man or whatever. But I think Julian Casablancas was totally the front man of the strokes. Yeah, totally. And um It he, did yeah, it didn't impact the how much I enjoyed the gig at all, but it was just like I got what people were saying when they were like it was just like awkward but it didn't I don't think any for anyone I was talking to except for that one guy we spoke to it did definitely no one was really saying it uh, from my from what I got that it made the performance any less it was just like uh, like I just felt like I was watching like a couple that you're out to dinner with they're being like well he did if he'd ever take the bins out we'd have a much better life and you're like for me to watch a band though that like literally don't do many interviews at all and if they do a lot of the time the strokes give written interviews and yeah. they're really ambiguous like Julian Casablanca's interviews are like 
like he only talks about the music. Yeah. I don't know anything about their personal life. Only I think Fabrizio, the drummer, because he went out with some high profile celebrities. He kind yeah, of knew yeah, a little yeah. bit more about him, but they're quite. They're quite like private and they don't really have social medias where you wouldn't be able to find much about them. So that's what reminded me of, say, years ago before social media, when you'd go to bands, you would live for those ad-libby moments to see the kind of totally actual workings and the relationship with the band. So mm. regardless of like the strokes were kind of awkward on stage, like they gave us that insight into the band Defo. and into a band that have been working for so many years, have all gone their own separate ways. Like I think most of them bar Nick Flency have um done something have done something like their solo or like worked with other bands so Nick like just off riding lads well he's <laughs> married to um he's married to atlanta i don't know her second name her mum she does some kind of talk show i can't remember her name and he has kids and stuff but like whatever i'm sure like the lads and bands are riding oh yeah god knows what but yeah i love that like i mean i i don't want to go i can sit at home and listen to the strokes and hear him not ad-lib Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah, no, definitely. It would never, uh, it didn't even impact my enjoyment of the gig. I, was I just, think it gave something else. It was a bit of salt to well, the it's a, Well, it's, at least it's a bit of a, uh, like, do you know what I mean? I don't mind when those bands do that shit, but I think it was just like the taste of the joke was like, first of all, at your, like, I mean, imagine like me and you were having a show and then you just put me on blast and we were in front of 10,000 people and it's like, okay, it's like salt maybe, but like, what the fuck? Like, that was so, it just felt like that was a bit like, Eek. And then he was also being like, what the fuck is ole, ole, ole? And then like Fabrizio was like, it means it's really good. Like trying to be like positive. And he was like, well, what the fuck? Like it was just like sloppy drunkenness. I get that. that. I was, like, and I'm also just like, it's rock and roll. No, I know, I know. You just, know the way, like, what do you expect? Like everyone's like, you know, it was kind of, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying a lot of the fucking murmurs that I were hearing from oh, yeah. people's like, uh, you know, aftermath of the show and stuff, we're moaning about it. It's like, it's bloody rock and roll. If you want to go listen to Nora Jones and she'll, she won't be talking shite on stage, but this is like, you know, if you can't get that without the other, do you know the way? Totally. Like, I mean, come on, we're looking at like, what are this five of them or four of them? Five. Five. Yeah. Five of them are all like, you know, known boozers, sashers. Like, it's like, you know, we used to take, uh, like way more enjoyment at that like when you go to the Libertines and you'd be like seeing Carl Barrett and like you'd be like oh they had a great night tonight Carl Barrett and uh, Pete Doherty were kissing each other and then there's another night where like they won't even look at each other yeah, on stage like, it I mean, gives the salt especially when you're not fed anything from them like I mean even when I went to see the Spice Girls um, Mel B was the only one she was saying mad stuff and it also reminds me of like when people you know say for example on the Friday everyone went to go see Billie Eilish mm. and you know not specifically her but this kind of new like quote unquote like what we think of as rock stars now it's like we very much want the like gritty kind of bad kind of you know veneer mm-hmm. but we expect them to also be like poets like saints on the street, perfect streets. on stage yeah. and give us the performance or even that we just think we deserve them as people have to be like lovely wholesome people and it's like when you look at the best rock stars in the world, like if you look at like Led Zeppelin, like all these huge rock and roll stars, like Iggy Pop, you know, the Rolling Stones, like <laughs> they weren't exactly known to be like mm. the best people. And it's like, you know, one feeds the other, as you were saying. It's like, you know, we can't, I'm there for, I mean, deep down, I was there for the music for the strokes. That's the music that it was and such I coming died age. and went to heaven. Oh my like, God. Oh my God. They played like, every song. They played every song and they played it so so well and like as a festival like I do think like we've especially where was it Metropolis it was kind of like you know chill low key at a festival 
I want to see rock and roll. Totally. I don't want to see rap. I don't want to see that at festivals. There's nothing like the booming sound of like the drums, like Fabrice. Live, proper, like live guitar, music. Like, like. That pouring throughout the whole crowd was, was incredible. so incredible. And I also think like it's so interesting seeing a band who's been around for like over 10 years. Of course there's going to be stale. Like for us to think like, oh, Nick Valencia must have been going off crying and giving it... He's known Julian Casablancas and played with him for over 10 years. Yeah. He's going to be probably what, longer. 20 he's... years? Like that, what is it? Is this it was out in 2001? Yeah. That's only 20 years so ago. So like, I'm sure he knows that that bastard's going to call him out on stage. Oh, I'm it's sure he just been, whacked him like, over the head. He's a loser. But like, <laughs> everyone was like so PC. And, like, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. not kill, not kill. It's like, they're grand. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't agree to go on fucking tour if there was, like, bad... I'm sure there's bad vibes when you're touring around yeah. the world, having to get up on stage and, like, a band, you know. But, like, at the end of the day, he performed fucking deadly. They all did. It was so stunning. I just could have bawled. It was great. It was so good. So good. I woke up with my dad the next day. I could feel myself being so annoying. No one else was awake. Sarah was conked. I was just looking at tents and I couldn't stop seeing them. I was like, <laughs> the end has no end. In like Julian Casablanca's voice. And I was like, did anyone see the jokes? Calling out to the tents. They were like, no. No, we didn't. Go to bed. I was like, everyone around my tent was 50. I was like, did anyone see the shows? The end has no And they were like, oh my God, please stop. It was like, I could have talked about them all weekend. I mean, I'm still talking about them. <laughs> One other thing we wanted to talk about as our favourites, and then we'll move on to the meat and the bones. Mm. Meat um, and bones. Was our newfound love, well, not so new, but like, whatever. We're really trying to push our use of disposable cameras. Yes, and just having a tangible aspect of photography. Mm-hmm. And also, can we just say, Lindsay, I'm just going to put ourselves on blast in the best way possible here. I understand that it's definitely... Okay, Julian Casablanca. <laughs> yes, but in a good way. In a good way. But I'm I would, ready. I would never put you down, girl. Um, But it's... Yeah, I know it's like a trend now, like to like... Yeah. Tape, shoot in 35mm, post onto Instagram. You can go back, for the record, on our Facebooks. Mm-hmm. 2010 disposables. Earlier, I've been using disposables for like forever. I've been was. using disposables consistently since they first came out. <laughs> Me too. I remember getting my first one and being like, this is the best thing ever. Like I remember going on my sixth year holiday and bringing a couple of disposables. Hell and yeah. then waiting for weeks like to get them developed. And or then when you had money to being get like, developed. Whoa, okay, I didn't know it looked like that on holidays. I but wouldn't have gone out if I knew. So, Lindsay, when me and Lindsay started hanging out, we would be like disposable, 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 non stop, non stop, non stop. Like, we were so good at having Yeah, like, we'd always, always have one. And I think it's because, like, back then, you didn't have a camera in your pocket like we did. Like, me and Lindsay had these, like, fake black, you had a real Blackberry, I had this Nokia Blackberry mm. that had a shy camera that was actually worse than a disposable. Yeah, so, like, disposable was like DSLR. Whisper, yeah. So, like, we didn't have the, like, there was no, like, inclination to take your phone out and take a picture. It was like, you had your camera. Didn't you have to, like, link your phone up to your laptop to even get the pictures I, off the yeah. oak. Like so, I think I had to Bluetooth them. Yeah. I have no idea how and I got them on tiny. But yeah, so we really are trying to, because then obviously iPhones came out and you could actually get deadly photos from your iPhone and you could take 30 Hooji. photos of yourself. Hooji came <laughs> yeah. out and you could be like, that's where I look best. Mm. And I'm really trying to remove myself from that thought over the past like half a year where I'm like just trying to like over obsessed about photos and want the best photo on my Instagram of yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. and being pissed off if I don't get the best photo. Yeah, Do you know the way? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for my own self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'll get like. Oh, say, like that's torturing yourself. You know that way. Because I you... think it's a thing that we do now. Because like, 
you'll be, go out and mm-hmm. you'll have a perception of how you look mm-hmm. and then you'll be like to your friend or go into the bathroom for however you want to get your pick and yeah. if it's not the pick that you have in, in your mind if it doesn't like level up to how you think how great you think you look that night yeah like, yeah yeah and like, then it can mm. like we've all been around that person you're like that like just shoots their confidence and so my friend Devin was over um for a week recently that's why our episode's out late by the way I was entertaining a New Yorker uh, and he had brought <laughs> he had brought over his his amazing Polaroid like proper Polaroid camera from the 80s refurbished mm. with like a glass lens everything and we were just like uh him and then Evan and I I think in the hotel the next morning we were talking about like Polaroid and everything and Devin was just saying like we were all just kind of talking about how I, I like Polaroids too in the sense that like you still get the instant gratification of having the photo now but mm. it's still like first of all tangible so you're like you're touching it and like so there's way way more of a memory around it that you will look at again mm. and also um the element of like there is that scarcity scarcity element like there's only eight Polaroids in a, in a roll so it's like the eight you take you're going to be you like take the moment you're going to be like yeah. okay I want this picture it's not just like brrr, million pictures on my phone never look at them again maybe you delete them after a while to free up or you some lose space. your phone and they're all gone exactly whatever well, happens your phone doesn't sink so i love that about disposables as well um that like i like the there's a bit more freedom with a disposable because they're obviously you know uh cheaper than a polaroid um mm. You get 27 in a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have that element. And you don't have the element of like instant gratification because you'd go through the 27, but you still have that kind of like, okay, I'm going to take a picture. It's not just like, tang a picture. Like I've ne- I don't think, very rarely have you and I taken like uh, disposables as posy as we would on our phone, which it's is really just interesting. It's different, if you look at like, it's just a different, the way photography has grown mm. and... You look back at say your kid pictures and then compare them to say what we're seeing on Instagram. It's yeah, the yeah. like emotion around them is just not there yeah. as it was say from like how my granny used to take pictures and make little albums of yeah. us of holidays or like Christmas ninety seven. There's just such an emotion it pours out. When I look back at my childhood pics, I can think of the smell of that birthday cake I yeah. got that year. Who was at it? You know all that kind of stuff. But now it's just you know there's pictures of like posy me with mm-hmm. my kids posy 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 so I'm really trying to um push disposables and taking pictures not just of myself as well which I find it really hard because sometimes you want to get like pictures that aren't posy but then people aren't taking pictures people are kind of taking pictures of themselves these days yeah, so they're not yeah, taking yeah. pictures of other people yeah 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 and you feel kind of it's weird when it's it takes the candidness away when you're like passing a phone or a camera to someone being like take a picture of me defo yeah yeah because then you're going to pose, obviously. Yeah. It's just a different thing. The We're intent not... is so different. And our consumption of photography is so different. Mm. But, like, also the intent of taking a photo is so different. Like, I feel like, you know, if we look, even just when you and I were small, as you are saying, you look through your, like, photo albums. And, like, they're so nice. But And I'm always like, how did you get that candid pic? And it's like, because it was literally it was candid. candid. <laughs> because it wasn't for anyone else's consumption. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, for yeah. your family. Memories. Yeah. And just just now we're thinking okay who do will i look that great because this is me presenting myself to the world yeah and we have to just remember you can also take photos that and don't not, need to be shared yeah like because i think that's the thing it's like we we're so kind of um hardwired now to think that every photo we take has to be for public consumption 
that it's like that has to go on my Instagram mm-hmm. if it's a good picture it has to be posted or even if it's like oh god I took pictures and I didn't like any of them I can't post one it's like who cares like I've got photos from like festivals holidays that are like like they'd never be going anywhere. Yeah. But I, I actually look back on them. Like I have my burner account, which I know is ironic because I guess it's still like in some way for public mm-hmm. consumption. But I actually just post them on my burner account because I go back over my burner account and it's like a photo album. I'm mm. like, oh my God, I completely forgot about that because I do find it kind of not second nature to go into my camera roll and flick through. Yeah. Do you know that way? Like, because I've so well, many so much screenshots, screenshots whatever and selfies. I'm really just trying to push myself to just not even try and take, like, just try and take more innocent photos. Like, say, when I think of all the photos I take of myself, and not of say my parents mm. or my aunts, you know, people that I remember watching. I think it was Rosie Connolly actually did some kind of YouTube, and she was talking about the loss of her dad and like one of her biggest regrets was not taking more photos yeah. of him and I'm like oh my god what am I doing sitting on my hole taking photos of my hole when I'm like <laughs> not taking photos of like you know my dad with the kids and my yeah. mom with the kids and those are things that are way more valuable than me showing my freaking grandkids look how tight my arse was. yeah like look you know, at that like, where I look like I have abs <laughs> so yeah I know the funny thing kids I didn't yeah I, I didn't just look like that just the, the lighting I was so proud you would 340 likes I had extreme anxiety So I lost a few pounds Yeah <laughs> Yeah really still Trying to push myself it's so hard To get out of uh, Just That mindset Picking up something That is not natural anymore Because mm. even if I do Go over to my mum and dad's With the camera They're like Get that away from me I'm like But the fucking memories Man the memories you know? Yeah when I was on holidays I had a disposable And like The amount of times That we went out And I like Went out with it in my bag, came home with it. Yeah, I know. So it's like, I'm. you actually have to like, it's like muscle memory with Mm -hmm. um, disposable cameras, I feel. You have to like have it in your bag at all times. And I always find the best way to do it is like, if I sit down at like a bar, at the table at a bar with my friends or dinner, take the camera out of your bag and like put Mm -hmm. it beside you. Because then you'll be like, oh, and you just wind it, snap. I think it's also like wearing something new that you wouldn't normally wear. Yeah, definitely. For the first while... You will feel awkward yeah. taking pictures and you do feel like a bit of a nuisance sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes your family, whatever. Like I remember when People I was in holidays, like, I was like taking loads of pictures because it was like all my aunts and everyone. Oh, I remember, yeah. And they were like, get away, get away, go away. I don't want the camera in my face. And then like, <laughs> but I took, but the, the, I love the enraged. I know. So... And like, but he means it's an awkward position because I felt like I was literally putting the, that's like, like on lens Facebook of their skirt. Yeah, I know. You know the way they were like, oh, hey. But then they loved the photos. Yeah. And then I put them They're up. Like, oh, that's and lovely. Like, cherish those memories. And my mum's like, get them printed and send them off to everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now you're fucking happy, aren't you? But like, but like you should have got more of these type. Like, so you do have to push uh, yourself to be that awkward person. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because we, every person, like, I mean, we've both been, I've been the person taking the annoying pictures and I've been the annoying person getting photos taken of me. Then I'm like, stop. And then yeah. people are like, look at all the photos I took. And I'm like, I love them. I know, I know. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, something that we are loving and also trying to push ourselves to do. Yeah, so join us, won't you? Yes. Tag us in your disposed pics, girlies. Um, <laughs> and yeah, listen to those bands and go to festivals and soak up some good music. Soak up some good shit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, so second half of pod, we're going to be talking just in a loose kind of conversational manner um, about a little thing called greenwashing. So You've probably heard of stuff like whitewashing, which is like, what, telling lies. I mean, now it's also... Whitewashing is the um, black, trying to look white. I think, well, it's, I was reading an article about greenwashing and they're talking about the, where the word greenwashing came from. And they were first saying that whitewashing was basically like a way of corporations to like, they would whitewash facts. But, okay, then, it, definition but then it came into the kind of vernacular of like whitewashing, like kind of... Yeah, like they would argue like that, you know, Beyonce's image was whitewashed when her like skin was yeah, white. Oh, okay, but anyway, greenwashing came from uh, in the 1980s when coal companies were basically making like unsubstantiated claims about their emissions and kind of using this like jargon to make it sound like they were like responsible companies when actually they weren't. But now Lindsay will give another definition. Have one here now up on the Google. Greenwashing is the practice of making an um substantiated or misleading claim about the environmental benefits of a product service technology or company practice greenwashing can make a company appear to be more environmentally friendly than it really is Mm -hmm. so obviously like unless you've been just lucky enough to not be bombarded (laughs) with um the constant conversation that we're having about sustainability carbon emissions the amazon all that highly um, it, I mean, everyone's just getting really, really anxious over this. Yeah. Um, and, and really important, let us really know, important. important and important information. But I also do feel overwhelming. The thing is that it's so, so bloody important, but then there's no answer. So I think that's why I feel like it's like, ah, because like, it's just so important, but that it's so, I feel so helpless. And well, like, I think that's an annoying part of it is that we are kind of helpless. And like, that's part of greenwashing that what I would understand, like kind of modern day greenwashing to an extent, this would be my perception, would be the um, push on the individual to solve something that can really only be solved by huge corporations. That is like a form of greenwashing in the sense that like these massive companies can tell us that us using a paper straw or that us recycling a can is going to like help the Amazon from burning when it's like just factually not true with like that, like what is it amounts to something like 0.02% of Mm -hmm. carbon emissions. So then it's like we're taking on all this emotional kind of anxiety and emotional turmoil over something that like physically, even if we did all of these things, would never fix the problem and that's something that in like a greenwashing aspect that I find really kind of uh, just pointless and frustrating to kind of go through and kind of function throughout the world within you know yeah I totally agree like I mean it's so hard like with the services that we have as in shops 
um, clothing, our, our accessibility to these things are all adding to the problem. It's kind of like being a hardcore vegan, but only being like, they're not being any fruit and vegetables in the world. They're just yeah. being meat. I remember listening to the Unpopular Opinion podcast where they had Fanula J, I think her name on is, um, she went to the repack or some recycling oh, yeah. thing. And oh my God, here's me thinking I'm poxy great. My green bin full as fuck. 80 cent it takes to, you know, everything's just gone. My egg cartons. She's talking about that. She went to go to the factory and saw like the amount of energy, like th- what the amount of things that can actually be recycled, regardless if we're putting this and this and this, like say a carton of yop is like two different types of plastic. So that yeah. can be recycled. Just the... In- of everything was like okay so there's barely even a point in recycling because the amount of energy that it takes to even begin to recycle something and extract something from all the amount of recycled waste yeah is like not even fucking worth it that's why it's third on the list of reduced reuse yeah. recycle but I mean I listened to that podcast and I was like oh god I even feel more helpless you know that kind of way mm. and I think like so obviously it's gotten really really huge and topical and I'm noticing a load of people online talk about sustainability throw the word around calling themselves as much like a sustainable and what's frustrating me as a person who goes on Instagram is that people are self-appointing themselves as these sustainable queens but like what they're doing I don't actually think is going to help the planet at all like people are saying like oh shopping charity shops go vintage there i saw the other day there's um some kind of event going on in dunleary where they're charging people 12 euro to walk around dunleary charity shops these sustainable queens whatever they're calling themselves i mean first of all you're already banking on it and second of all how are we sure that charity shops are even sustainable they're like i walk into a charity shop i'm buying secondhand pretty little thing a lot of the time and i do think Charity shops, we don't know where they put their stuff. We don't know where each shop, like where all that waste is. Anytime I go into charity shops every day, every time I'm in there, at least two people are coming in with two huge big bin bags full of crap from their house that they're just giving to a charity and, shop. And um, Evan lives beside uh, one of your local ones. And mm. I think it's like every Monday, this like huge truck comes by and like takes bags of shit and it's like where the fuck is that going because that's just the shit that they can't sell like and I remember reading something about that before and they were talking about how it's all just being sold to landfill in like places like Manila because like that's like a huge thing I remember reading a a thing now I'm probably completely being wrong Kimon call me out bitch (laughs) I don't know but I I'm loosely what it is like a lot of like these kind of landfill things are like also privately owned and they can like buy and sell in landfill from each other countries that like can't be put other places and then it that also like um basically uh encourages um you know like uh the kind of landfill you know when people are around in like Manila and all those places mm-hmm. and they're like picking up shit and they're selling it on and like it's just like this endless cycle but um like I think when it comes to charity shops like they obviously are sustainable in the sense that if you think of reduce reuse recycle they are reusing I mean even if you are buying pretty little thing it's like it's better technically this would be the argument for it it's it's better that, that pretty little thing dress 
would go to you to be reworn than it would be to be sold to landfill where it's just going to emit a load of carbon emissions. I agree, but I think the percentages of that compared to people who buy stuff with the excuse of thinking, well, I can just send it to the charity shop. Well, yeah, I think there's a difference between buying from the charity shop. That would be sustainable, but giving to a charity shop is definitely not always uh, a sustainable option, which I agree with you. I think the whole charity shop, I think in... Like, if you think of charity shops, I love them. Yeah. I have for years. I can go in and buy three outfits for 50 euro. I can get so much shit for so little. And that is completely besides the point of being sustainable. Mm-hmm. Because if I was more sustainable, what I imagine to be, like, what would be actually a sustainable queen is someone who probably has, like, a very capsule collection wardrobe and doesn't buy new stuff. Has, like, my pair of jeans, my going-out dress, um pyjamas whatever like a capsule small collection and doesn't feel the need to have 35 pairs of jeans and stuff like that and I'm seeing a lot of people who are like oh I'm so sustainable this is my new outfit for today and tomorrow and tomorrow and I don't care if you're re-wearing that bandeau top a few times like it's not sustainable to consume the way we do mm-hmm. like, and it's, like it's kind of taking out like if we talk about say <clears throat> us when we're talking about photography just a few minutes ago like retraining that habit it's like you have to for me something in the past like probably like a year and a half or so uh that I've just been trying to do is trying to like remove the habit in my mind that I need to be consuming all the time so like I see a lot of people as you were saying like they're like charity shop charity shop charity shop and I'm like you're still shopping as much so you're still kind of promoting mass consumption yeah exactly in a in a in a way and I I think it's great that the mass consumption is going maybe towards charity shopping like I think cool brilliant or depop whatever it is like I think that's better than obviously mass consumption if we're going to talk about the lesser of two you know evils to loosely use the term like it's obviously better that people are shopping locally or consuming stuff but it's also like are we just like putting a big polyfiller over the problem that's how it feels yeah because it's like at the end of the day like it's still not great because I remember even you said to me a while ago You were, it was a few, good few months ago, you were kind of like, I need to even start curbing my charity shop shit because you were like, I'm, I've piled up tat. And then it's like, you've got tat in your house. What am I going to do with it? Give it back to the charity <laughs> shop. And also, so like, or even Depop. Depop's great. It's great to even be able, like, I think the best thing about Depop is for me, finding vintage designer mm-hmm. and be, um, you know, if you want to make a bit of money yourself and you have some yeah. clothes that you want to sell off, that's great. But in a sustainable um, way of thinking like you have to post you are if you're posting abroad that's carbon emissions so like and it's usually just one thing in the packaging getting sent over packaging I don't know it's usually soft plastic it's just this kind of endless rabbit hole of like uh. again it's like I mean I'm just curbed my say ASOS to Depop it was still the same level of consumption and still this like need. obsessive need to just buy yeah and yeah, yeah. And it's just, this, this is what's happening. Like, I mean, you only have to watch that Poxy Netflix documentary to see that, like, our obsessive need to buy. Like, I remember in one part of that documentary, whatever it's called, just look up clothing, climate, Netflix. The true cost. Oh, the true cost, okay. Where they showed, I think it was in Mumbai or something, like this big pile that had come from the St. Vincent de Paul and freaking yeah. Brixton or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just sick of people then buying in just because you follow someone on Instagram who was like slapping the sustainable sticker on themselves doesn't mean that they actually are. Just because they're making their own tote bags doesn't mean they actually are sustainable. We just instantly 
from it's like it's this is why I'd say brands are like oh handy I'll make a fucking sustainable brand because we all just migrate to the self-appointed we just trust everything that we read and we yeah. trust one person who calls themselves sustainable and like is like this is the cure this is what we got to do yeah we just I, trust them. I actually remember it <laughs> Another plug for the Unpopular Opinion podcast. Uh, I was listening to one of their episodes. I can't remember what it was. I think it was on. It was one of their episodes about like bloggers making brands, I think. And um, Carla actually made such a good point, which I never really thought of before. She was saying that like, she was like, Irish people love blanket statements. They love this tan shit. That tan's amazing. And we're just like, oh, shit. Oh, it's amazing. Mm. Like we just like, we'll take a blanket statement and just accept it. And it's just the same as like, you know, people self-appointing themselves as like connoisseurs of like sustainability or veganism or feminism or whatever fucking ism is going around the moment people we will believe that and we will soak up everything and it's it's a lot of the time we won't second guess it quite a lot and i i I, yeah it's mad i think it's weird i think like now if we talk about maybe some sort of um brands doing uh like as you were saying like these brands are kind of hopping on this now because they're seeing people consume it at large and well taking now it it's on. something that is a moneymaker yeah and like i said like it's all well and good to be sustainable but we're already seeing you know, these are obviously like just irish instagrammers but we're already seeing them like charging 12 euro to pop around a charity shop in dunleary yeah if you're listening it's literally kind of one straight line in dunleary of loads of charity shops if you don't want to spend the 12 euro to go with uh the instagrammers you bring you around but um I think it's just like clearly you are now just telling us and telling everyone else that it's a brand and it's just a little way to curb your shopping habit and not maybe feel as guilty about it. Yeah. So um, there is one, I was I follow this girl on YouTube. She's from New York where I live. I love her. She's like sustainable as possible and all that kind of stuff. And she was talking about this brand called Noto, N-O-T-O, Cosmetics vegan sustainable genderless and it was like in this little kind of tub that was sold as like a cheek eye and lip tint mm. and i was like, ooh, handy like i love that went on the website just about to buy and now they are sustainable in the fact that they give a certain percentage to like charities yada 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 but like i have i was gonna buy a lip color that i basically have because oh wow this one has three uses so i'm basically sustainable but then all of my lipsticks have that same use. Like Not I, for eye, though. Well, Jefferson actually, Harrison. no, I don't think that one was for eye, even. I just lip just, and cheek. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She put it on her eye, but then I went to the fucking website and it said, Not for eye. Like, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> you're grand if you put a bit of lipstick on your eye. Oh, no, it's the worst thing. I've done it before. Oh, but if it's not eye safe, it can be quite bad for you. That's why I remember like watching a sh- uh, thing on Jeffree Star because his are eye safe and he was like, because you know, you can use his lip- liquid lipsticks as eyeliner. Mm. So anything if you put near your eye, it's like when people put uh, those big chunky glitters, like they're so bad to put near your eye because they can get into your eye and scrape your cornea. Oh God. So okay. yeah, anything near your eye, definitely make sure. But a lot of lipsticks are now becoming eye safe. So maybe the one you use, you know what I mean? Like it could have been. No, I wouldn't use it because I have a shadow. So yeah, I don't really need a fucking. But yeah. like, I, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm trying to like. Yeah, it feels yeah. Just it feels cop myself on to being like, I don't need to buy this said sustainable brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like say, even like with Glossier, I love their brand, and I was totally sold by the like skin tint and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I could just have mixed my 
like foundation that I had was moisturizer. Yeah. And it's my own skin tint. But I feel like I need to invest in the brand to live the life or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like say yeah. for the lip washes, I could just mix it with Vaseline and have the same look. Yeah, it's it's the marketing. You know, that way and, is, you, ha- yeah. and you have to remember it's the same with like uh, I was reading a Vice article there on um they were talking about H and M. Or and the H and M brand in general. So they were saying mm-hmm. like, you know, if you walk into and other stories, they like have it all kind of laid out, and you know, they're saying that they have these kind of like pictures in the in the store of like white women's hands sewing, and it's like a Stockholm atelier, but like all their yeah. shit's made in Bangladesh. So it's like they're they're put oh, okay, that's a, a yeah. prime example of greenwashing, where like they can make this kind of loose claim. By saying mm-hmm. Stockholm Atelier, showing oh, someone sewing who looks like she's from Stockholm, but still make all yeah. their shit in Bangladesh. It's like, because they're, they're not making the outright claim, they're not saying made in Stockholm mm-hmm. and hiding it. But they're, you know, and um, they were talking about that. And then they were also talking about the H&M Conscious range, which I've seen a load of influencers, not Irish, but English ones a lot, like kind of jumping on the bandwagon and being like, you know, but 500 pounds, I think Patricia Bright did one. She did, yeah. Um, the stuff looks it. Oh, look, absolutely. Like, wow, it's great. Love it. H&M was the first fast fashion brand that I gave up. It was the first time that I gave up on a lot of fast fashion was, I remember for a while I was shopping in, um, or I was working in town and I don't know why. I remember that big H&M I opened. I just always found myself going in there because I somehow fooled myself into being like, it's better better for me to go in and buy like a few bits in H&M than it would be in pennies because it's like better quality and then like I was buying this shit in H&M and I was like it's literally falling apart the first time I wash it it was actually worse quality than I pennies I think what um, kind of gave H&M some kind of credibility over the past few years is their collaborations with huge designers yeah, like yeah, Machino, yeah, yeah. Versace all that kind of stuff so you're kind which of they like, also up their quality for you know that yeah. way like they are technically better quality then I think for the public it was like yeah. that's first of all they well, aligned there themselves of people out the door when these um, collections would drop or whatever but also I think it just made the consumer think oh well if Donatella is going to work with H&M mm. surely they can't be that bad of a brand because mm. you know the way yeah 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 and um they, yeah, they were talking about this like H&M conscious range and it was st- it was like they have this conscious thing where it's like basically it just means I, as far as I'm aware that it's like the the cottons are consciously made. But so they're organic. The pe- I don't even know if they're fully organic but like maybe some way I think aligned. I remember seeing the labels. Maybe they are, yeah, cotton. organic cotton. But basically what that means is just that like H&M are just buying organic cotton but then still paying someone five cents to make the poxy shirt so mm. like that's another prime example of like kind of a greenwashing mentality where it's like you can go in and you can still feel and then that's where the mistrust of the consumers come in that's why people have this like level of anxiety because you know the average person it is really frustrating that you sometimes think like you were saying about your green bin you think you're doing the best you think you're mm-hmm. trying your best and then you're like uh it's all wrong and then like then sometimes you end up fucking i read all this shit and it's just like like I remember reading like all about the, the you know recycling as you're saying it's the third on the list and they were like if everyone recycling the world would still like not even scrape the surface of the damage being done to the earth because of like 10 companies and I remember mm-hmm. I was reading this other article recently and it was like here's the world it was like um, top 100 offender like big corporations and it was all just like massive coal and oil companies mm. which is like <laughs> like there wasn't one on there that was like even like Pretty Little Thing 
Like, you know I what I mean? It was just like huge. And now obviously the thing is, is that like companies like Pretty Little Thing and Boohoo and all these like made in China places are using, like are buying coal from Chinese coal. And like, that's the industry that's like basically keeping them going but it is it just it feels hopeless and it's annoying it feels like there's nothing you can do because there probably isn't and it feels like (laughs) no and that's the thing and I think that's where I'm like everyone I see like you know the same Instagrammers who are like really pushing the sustainability kind of thing are getting really bogged down yeah with um you know their anxiety levels their depression their like feeling of helplessness is like truly affecting their livelihood and their happiness because they're trying their best they're trying to go to the charity shops they're trying to make the best out of this difficult situation but still it's like oh well you can try your best you can do whatever it's not going to do anything and that's why I think for me not that I even align myself with being like talking about that kind of shit but like what I would have found for myself like that kind of eases my mind is to remove the kind of um rhetoric being around like climate change and saving the planet because it's just such a huge insanely massive thing to try and put on one person even one country Mm -hmm. I just try and train myself and I think we spoke about this probably at the start of the year I remember we're maybe talking about New Year's resolutions I think we spoke about it as well a little bit oh yeah no sorry we spoke about it a little bit with Courtney though as well yes like, just I just it. try and literally stop buying so much shit like mm-hmm. started this episode Lindsay and I were like trying to think of favourites and we're both like we're just not I'm just not buying a lot of shit at the moment like there's some stuff that I buy and I'm also the type of person that like if it's not broken especially with like beauty and stuff like that if it's not broken don't fix it do you know what I mean it's like I, I will shop around a bit if I haven't found like my ultimate favourite like for a while I didn't really have a tan that I was like loving I was yeah. like they're all kind of grand I was loving them on I bought a few bottles of um, Suzanne Jackson's one and I was like oh this number one it suits my skin type I don't find it like horrendous to take off I like the colour grand mm-hmm. I'm just I'll just stick to that like when I find one thing that just works I'm like grand oh yeah no I'm like if it works and it's a grand old price yeah I'm even the price I, I really don't mind and, and some stuff like there's some stuff like tan makeup um, and some clothes but like clothes I kind of think of as different because you buy them less often and have to buy tan make, makeup and shoes maybe I don't mind putting a bit of money behind it because they makeup tan makes me feel fab so if I find a tan mm. that's like 30 quid a bottle even and it makes me feel deadly I'm like that's worth it for me for me with tan I'm just like wow there's so many tans coming out yeah 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 so if I'm like oh that one's cheaper I would try it because I use tan so often yeah 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 but um I think yeah it's just I mean I'm just trying to like soothe myself and not be I mean just I'm seeing so many young people be really really obsessed with this whole sustainability and mm-hmm. rightly so because it, it is such a pressing issue however we are here to enjoy life we're here to like just we have to eat we have to consume like you go into Dunn's unfortunately the peppers that I want to buy are wrapped in plastic I'm grown in Spain and it's <laughs> been like a carbon emissions to get the yeah, yeah, out yeah. of here um you know, I'll try and go to my local green grocers. But those kind of things, like if I look at, say, when the difference between me in primary school and everyone who, like, to just everything I knew from, like, my upbringing, my parents, uh, my friends' parents, everything was so different back then. And even in terms of, like, there was, like, two green grocers in Malahide. There was two in Port Marnica at some points. So, like, you'd be able to go in and buy your loose vegetables and your loose mm. meat and the butchers and that kind of stuff. It wasn't wrapped up in heavy plastic. We'd all shop. Like, I remember, like, as a kid, you'd re-wear 
your favourite trousers till they literally were ripped at the knees. And my mum as well was like, she had her bit of lipstick, mm. her mascara and her few outfits. And I feel like even hand-me-downs aren't even a thing now. Like when I was a kid, I have loads of cousins and loads of them are girls. I was wearing all my cousins shit for years. I wore my cousin's communion dress. Okay. My mom was like, I am my arse buying mm. you that fucking wedding dress. She's like 500 pounds. Nah, you can wear your cousin's one that fits you just fine. And really? like that was grand. Like there was nothing wrong with it. I loved it. I looked fab in it. And I trotted on down. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, but I even find like that kind of uh, mentality is... I don't see that that often like the whole hand me down and maybe it's because people are having less kids and all that kind of stuff too but I think it's a a, um, a shame thing yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. like I used loads of hand me downs when I had uh, when I was pregnant with Luna my friend Ruth yeah I remember you telling me and she literally came over massive big bag of stuff I never had to buy anything for her perfect and for Rilo like at my, I had a baby shower got given stuff and I just lived off that. Like, I was never... You see a load of mommy bloggers putting little outfits on their kids. Mm. And, like, your kid shouldn't have an outfit, in my opinion. Like, Luna has minimal clothes. And most of them are from charity shops. You're going to grow out of them, like... And, like, even, like, say... You know, I just used a school bag that she used last year. Yeah. In creche. For school. She I just didn't. need a new bag every fucking year. No, and I got her uniform in a charity shop. Yeah, perfect. So, apart from, like, her little cardigan, whatever I couldn't get. But, like, those kind of things... I think what happened, it was like a class thing. People were trying to look richer than they were. People yeah. were wearing their money because it was shameful to maybe admit that you didn't have this spendable income yeah. on a child that you couldn't fully clothe yourself yeah. off your own book that you had to maybe, you Borrow. know, we wanted to refuse the help or something. Yeah, and that is a very Irish thing as well. I feel, mm. Especially modern Irish thing, I guess. But um, any final thoughts on the L greenwashing thing? Final thoughts are just... Do your own research and don't just take secondhand in research. So like if you're going into a shop and you're seeing sustainable, vegan, whatever you want or your moral compass feels like you want to align yourself to mm-hmm. and you don't have to slap labels on yourself. But I mean, if you are wanting to be sustainable, don't just take someone else's word. And that can be someone on Instagram or a huge big brand. Or your pal. Or your pal. Just because mm. someone's like, I'm sustainable because I so-and-so and so. Try and just like extract ourselves from all the noise and see it from an outside perspective like what actually is going to be sustainable because at the moment like only you know recently have I, have I been really like hardened myself with my level of consumption because I do still get like alert by a new makeup brand like I said the other week I yeah. was like on that website and I was like I'm really just gonna want that but I didn't get it or I got it into my head the other day that I need these certain leggings whatever I'm like mm, need that and I'll excuse myself because I am convincing myself that I need it, but I don't. Yeah, I think that's like a, would be my takeaway as well. It's like it is so habitual. It's habit. Like you might, you know, sometimes I think it can be very overwhelming. We're like, oh, we're told we need all this stuff. It's like, have you ever tried to just go like cold turkey for a while and just be like, right, give myself a month where I don't buy shit and nothing, nothing, makeup, whatever. Like I mean, I remember years ago, I would just have my little makeup bag. And that was it. But yeah. now I have fucking tons of makeup in drawers that I are half used. Like, or even you'll see like expiring. Make- yeah, you'll see like Irish makeup bloggers like showing up their palette, being like, "Excuse the state of the palette." It's like, well, you're using it, so I'm assuming it's gonna have a bit of pan visible. But if that's like, shouldn't be something that you have to excuse. Mm. You should be excusing a brand new palette that 
you're going to fucking throw in a drawer. Throw in the bin, yeah, totally. I think it's like consumption is the biggest thing. We said this at the start of the year. I think it's just like, that's something that people really need to check and clock and realize that if you're just swapping out one consumption for the other, the way I see it is that like, the pendulum will just swing back at one point. Like, really what's the difference in like, you know, buying from beyond retro consumption wise um, online and buying from ASOS online. It's like, you're still you know, flexing that muscle of like instant gratification, buying something online, putting in the credit card details, getting the package, having the thing, Mm -hmm. and then probably not really having what the reaction that you thought it would be. You know, I bought something on Depop through the week and I was like, what the fuck did I buy that for? And then it's like, how do I even, you can't return it to Depop. Oh, like it was just like, just like having stuff that we don't wear. Yeah. Having makeup we don't use, having face stuff that we don't use, all this stuff, like buy stuff, that you use or that you know you're going to use or use what you have mm. before buying a new like moisturizer just check is there any other moisturizers that I fucking haven't fully used yeah or like I? also I think something that people don't really take um advantage of with makeup would be to go in especially if you're buying something from like mac or like mm. kind of higher end places not drugstore ask for a sample like if you've seen one YouTuber that you love rave and rave on, say I love Mac face and body. If you see me rave on about it, don't buy, take my picture, don't take my word for it because our skin types are different. Mm-hmm. Our like what I like in a foundation is different. The color could be different. The finish could be like there's so many different things. Even your your primer might not work with it. Go into Mac and ask for a sample. And I did that. I did yeah. that very thing. I had a little face and body um sample because you love it and I love the look of it on you. But I I just find it harder to use then. Yeah. My glossy foundation that I um, I find really easy like people have complete like say for example you don't like the Suzanne Jackson Wonderwater for me that's the only one that works on my skin mm. like and it's like just because one thing works for one person doesn't mean it won't for the other and it's like you have to be able to swap out so if there is yeah. a sample if it's, there is a sample or if there's even a travel size that you can buy that's smaller and less money and less just impact tr- yeah impact as well like try and go towards that like most high-end retailer like places especially in, like brent thomas makeup counters you can get samples same in benefit stores i know you can go in and get samples there even mm-hmm. if you can't go and get samples go in with no foundation on and wear their foundation or, i remember years ago i don't know where this has gone but like say like you don't see really friends swapping clothes i remember back in secondary school mm. a friend of mine was like what foundation is that and i was like oh bourgeois or whatever it was she got a Ziploc bag and made me squirt <laughs> some of it in so she could try it yeah. before buying it. I was like, oh, get those so, little um, buy those little plastic spinny container things for travel. You know yeah. that way. Like if I wanted to try some of that, or like even just wear it for the day. Like every makeup counter will put their foundation on you for free. Yeah, exactly. Just go in and be like, I'm thinking of buying this. Can and I ask try them it? how do I use it? What's the best thing to use it? My yeah. fingers or whatever. And same with clothes. If it, if you see your friend in a great dress and you're like, oh, I must buy that. Ask her to borrow it. Yeah. Because you're probably only going to wear it once anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, even recently, or last summer, Fiona, Lindsay's sister and my friend, was going to a wedding. And I remember we had this WhatsApp group. We still mm-hmm. do. Yeah. <laughs> Back when we had the WhatsApp group, man. The good old uh, days. The good old days. Now we're just buying off Depop. But uh, she was texting me being like, fuck's sake, I have this fucking wedding to go. I only went to one last week where I bought a new dress, blah, blah. And I was just like... I have literally about five rat and bow addresses. I'll bring them to Lindsay's house. Take whatever mm-hmm. one you want. I was like, I've three rat and bow addresses. I've got another dress that I wore to another uh, wedding. If you want to take them for the one day and the one day after, 
And it was like, I even was like, why didn't I offer this before? Why have I never even yeah. thought? And she was like, oh, yeah. But sometimes it's more awkward to ask. Sometimes, yeah, of course. You know, like, oh, but I think none of us even really, because she was just kind of like, what dress from ASOS? Because she po- posted a dress from ASOS that I was like, I have a dress exactly like that. But again, it's just getting out of the habit. Because mm. I remember in secondary school, we would, our clothing between our friend group was like rotisserie. Yeah. Like, we'd all be seen, in the, and they were very, you know, it's gas, like, it's very iconic clothing. It would be yeah. like a big green dress, some <laughs> yeah. like Catherine's in the big green dress next week. So it's very obvious, but it's like, who actually gives a flying fuck? Like, no one gives a fuck. And it's like, goes back into the whole Instagram thing. Of like, yeah, consumption. You kind of give a fuck when you're wearing the same outfit in your Instagram video, but like, really, does it affect your life at all? And now I really don't care. Like, I think from not training my brain that way, like over the past like whatever fucking year I guess at this point now Lindsay and I if you look back through our Instagram and if you come to any of our live shows mm-hmm. it's the same outfit and I truly don't care I don't give a flying fuck like I'm like on stage I've like I think for for our tour we obviously wore like you know we had we didn't really buy anything new but no. we bought uh, we wore these outfits and then we were doing the shoot with Evan for Vicar Street and we were like what outfits should we wear and I was like I'm just gonna bring my tour outfits because I liked how I looked in them I was comfy and and it's hard to find stuff that you feel good in yeah so I think when you do just rewear it rewear it rewear that's, it yeah. like, instead of trying to find something similar-ish yeah but that's different enough that you're not kind of embarrassed by wearing the same clothes yeah so there's our tips girls let us know if you've any sustainable queen tips that aren't about consuming more because I think that's a part mm-hmm. of the conversation that is definitely missed out a lot on that online um, and me and Lindsay are not by any means trying to brand ourselves as sustainable queens we will definitely fuck up that's just the nature of the beast I'm not sus- like I'm just not sustainable I don't think my life is sustainable at the moment and yeah because, yeah like look at my clothes <laughs> look at the shit after well, you're, my maybe kids you're, like, I mean, you're shopping and that yeah like I'm definitely better than others I'm not the worst yeah but I'm definitely bogged down with my level of consumption that mm-hmm. is like has been like thankfully it's only been born recently mm. because years ago like say uh, before having Luna like I was didn't have as much money yeah so it's only been a very short space of me my consuming kind of going having up m- so the ability I, yeah so I learned to go up and then like I never bought stuff say back in Merino I yeah, always never. just bought my sister's or borrowed my sister's clothes or whatever and then I got a bit more expenditure and I was like ooh fun 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 bye 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 what the fuck ever and, and now I'm just kind me. of unlearning something that I was the exact same I was only I was freelancing in an agency I used to work in the other week and mm. uh, I was talking to Jack who works there and some ASOS package came and I was like oh my god like when I worked here like that was probably mm. my first job that I had like a bit more I mean it was must not pay that much money but I had a little bit of more extra money to spend and um I was genuinely getting a package every week oh yeah one like minimum and everyone was so now the pendulum for me is just kind of swinging back like then I got another job with more money and I was actually kind of buying less then and I think also because I was working in a luxury brand I was kind of seeing like the toss-up of like luxury and like actually investing in something that makes it that's like a bit more uh genuinely sustainable that you'll have for years and something that you're going to buy off tat online that's going to last you two weeks you know mm. um and so I kind of like curbed it a bit then and everyone in my office was like very chic and wearing like fucking gorge clothes and I was like okay I'm not coming in here wearing tat yeah. um and yeah it's just a muscle you have to train I think I really do think it's like just try and remove yourself from like having that impulse to go online and buy something and then you also get the kind of like weird self-gratification of being like but I bought it on Depot or feeling like we just owe ourselves treats (laughs) yeah it's like my mum and dad like I remember talking to my mum about this she was just like 
Like the idea that like You know I was even thinking I was in town the other day And I was like I might buy myself a treat For selling out Vicar Street Why? It's your job <laughs> We think I think I deserve a treat every week yeah. Every day A treat for buy, buy, buy something for myself But like but gone are the days of waiting for your birthday or for Christmas for something. It's fucking birthday every day when yeah. you're in this generation. Yeah, and you know what I treated myself to the last few weeks, girlies? I booked my knee surgery. That's yes. the biggest treat. And you got your filling. And I got my big old filling and I have to go back for another. And it was like 180 euro. And I was, of course, handing over my card into the dentist being like, sorry, just so you know, I actually could get a vintage <laughs> yeah. Dior yeah. on Depop for this. But no, take yeah. it for the filling. Chewing on the Dior. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... It definitely did kind of, it's just something that, it's mad. Our generation don't put money into like getting an STI test. Yeah. And what's sustainable is your teeth staying in your head and my legs staying on my fucking hip. Our health is way more sustainable. Way Looking more. Looking after your health and investing in that. Better fucking thing to invest in. Mm-hmm. That's true self-care, baby. So that's a good thing to end on. We're going to go record x now. And if you want to go join x to start of the month, best time to join. It so hop on over. Last month we did an episode with Joanne McNally that we were both so drunk we can barely remember. We had an episode with James. Too scared James. to listen to it. I tried. I was like, no, okay, let him not do that. <laughs> we also have an episode with James Kavanagh. We have two other episodes which I can't remember. I also uploaded recently for Triple X Gals a video which is like yes. a mini podcast podcast really Me, good Lindsay and I both do them uh, every month and this month we're going to do one together so go on over to X-Gals if you want more we do another podcast every fucking week we do Jenny talked in depth on that video about um, moving to New York and all the kind of electricities yes. that goes on with that because we get that a lot but it would be kind of boring in a podcast because it yeah. is one sided boring to move to do all the like paperwork and shit yeah totally so, so yeah, that's now encapsulated in a triple X-Gals video $10 tier get on X-Gals Get on X Girls because if you don't, you're missing out, and there's going to be a lot of references with that on our live shows. There always is. <laughs> yeah, literally. literally, literally. Okay, guys, see you next week, and talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.